Would you take your Bibles or your smartphones or whatever it is that would help you to be able to find and read Scripture along with me? We're in 1 John chapter 4. Going to be reading verses 7 through 21. We read it in the Old Testament a little bit earlier in the service. Now we're going to read from the New Testament. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. I'm excited that you have come to uh, join us in worship on this February 14th, Valentine's Day. It will be a day in which we express and are able to thank the Lord for His love that He has shown each one of us. And we're thankful that we are able to discover more and more about His love and understand and be able to experience the power of His love even today. And uh, God's Word will help us with that. We have been reading in uh, the letters of John since the first Sunday in January. This kind of closes out our series on living with assurance, but does not close out the opportunity that we have to be able to have more and more assurance in our Lord and Savior. Oftentimes in 1 John, because maybe the way in which it is written, we've looked at three or four verses focused in and then talked about some verses that are around there. This one will be a little bit longer passage as we read verses 7 through 21, and then we're going to come back and unpack that here in just a moment. So don't get lost in these verses, but hang in there with us, listen, or follow along closely. This now is the Word of God, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us, sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Verse 14 reads, and we have seen testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we've come to know and to believe <clears throat> that the love that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. You did well to listen and read along with God's word today. There are some kids that were asked ages four to eight to fill out the fill in the blank love is or to be able to define love. I think I've got some of those here for you. One of those is Chrissy age six says love is when you Go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. We have Terry, age four, says, love's what makes you smile when you're tired. We have Danny, age seven. Love is when mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. Bobby, age five, says, love's what's in the room when you are at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Very observant Bobby. Noel, age seven, says, love is when you tell a guy you like a shirt. Then he wears it every day. Probably needs to wash it. And then we got May Ann, age four. Says, love is when your puppy licks your face, even after you've left him alone all day. We have Karen, age seven. 
When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars start to come out. I've just seen if anybody had that going on. Karen, age seven. Jessica, age seven, says you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you probably should say it a lot. People forget, okay? Then we got Rebecca, age eight, says when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. Now that's love. Okay, well, we have some good definitions from kids about what love is, but we have today in 1 John chapter 4 and in other parts we have a definition, an even greater definition of love that we're going to seek to be able to discover today to help us so that we might be able to experience and be able to express love in our families and our marriages, uh, in our church family, among friends, acquaintances, and maybe people we've not even have met yet, and even those people who are extremely difficult to love. Before we do that, I want to highlight a couple of cards. We've started, if you've noticed, we've started, put, we put one card, two, three, now we've got four cards. You don't have to touch them, but there's some cards there that are in front of you, and I just want to highlight a couple of those. And by the way, I mean, we put those back slowly, and even the Parkway pen, so if you use a Parkway pen, that's just our gift to you. I mean, just for the next few weeks, you understand. We can share, hopefully, come in a little bit longer, but... And one of the ones I'm not highlighting, but just to make sure you know, of course, we appreciate just to make opportunity to be able to say appreciate your faithfulness in giving. So one is an envelope that we use and we've not passed out an offering plate since March and yet you gave more, Parkway gave more to, through the gifts and generosity and budget of Parkway Baptist Church than ever before. Thank you for your faithfulness. I often believe that the giving to God's church is an expression of love, an expression of our intention of wanting to be a part of what God is doing. And then there's the connection card. Maybe we've already mentioned that. If not, we use that primarily. Well, two or three things, but one of those is uh, if you're a guest today, you've already been welcomed. We're glad that you're here. Hopefully you're welcome when you came in. You're welcomed, I know, by our praise band, by Aaron. I welcome you here as well. We'd love to have information about you. We use our connection card for that, also found online. If you're watching today, we'd love to get information about you and let you know that you were here, that you were watching, and we send you information if you'd like about the church. Prayer request and other forms of communication that we use for that. We get lots of prayer requests through our connection card. We do. We will. We pray for you by name specifically. Uh, one of the ones that I wanted to highlight for sure this month, we are emphasizing our Who's Your One. Everyone received as you came in last week, and so you received one. Today you can take one out or pick one up as you leave today is our Who's Your One emphasis this month. It is in keeping with our theme for this year and certainly for the next five years and beyond, and that is reaching more people for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We encourage everyone to have at least one. You may have more than one, but everyone to have at least one person which they are praying for, seeking to develop a relationship with, inviting to, sharing a personal testimony in 2021. One for 2021, it even kind of rhymes, even though it's the exact same word. But So we encourage you that. If you don't have one, be praying about the next two Sundays. We're going to be taking these, and we're going to be... Uh, uh, you see that there's perforated, so you write a, a name, initial, or whatever you'd like to write in there. You're praying for someone, but if you want to write their name or initial, we'll also be praying for those. We're going to leave those at the altar 
If you don't feel comfortable coming to the altar this year, I understand you leave them in your seat or an offering plate as you leave and we'll place them on the altar and they will pray for those for the next couple of weeks uh, as they will be there and continue to do that. I've still got the stack from last February and uh, we pray for those and we'll, we continue to pray for the, everybody that's been put on the Hoosier One card and you as you do that. The other one that I've been wanting to highlight, I guess maybe for some time and we take opportunity to do that today, probably more in keeping with uh, our direction of our passage today, it is church membership card. I will tell you how you can join, how you can become a member of Parkway Baptist Church, and then we're going to talk about why it's important to you if you're a member or if you want to join. But we have, uh, I guess, particularly even during COVID, increased the ways in which you can join. Now we do use the card, and there's a card online as well. You can fill out a card. You can uh, leave it in the offering plate. You can send it in. Uh, if you get off the website, fill it in on the website. You can bring it at the end of the service. And then after talking with one of our pastors, uh, we will celebrate that as well. You People join. You can join by statement of faith as a baptized believer. You can join by transfer of membership from a sister Southern Baptist Church. Uh, you can join as you come for baptism by a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus. And uh, we baptize people often. We did last week. We got another baptism coming up this coming Sunday as well. So we encourage you to follow the Lord's direction. You can also join by watch care. Many students, some military for other reasons they come. Maybe their membership is somewhere else. They're going to be here for a short period of time. And we use watch care and we don't move your membership. We just have you a member while you're here. And you can do everything that a member can do. I think we have said except vote. But we don't vote very often, so just come on and you can be a part. Why would you want to join? Got a space for you there in your notes. You might even want to jot these down maybe to help you to remember that. Why would you want to join the church? One of those reasons is because it's a biblical reason. Jesus Christ founded the church of the living God. He founded the church, which is called in the New Testament the bride of Christ. We are called as members of the church. We are called the body of Christ. So there are biblical reasons to be a part of the body of Christ. Everyone who's a follower of Christ is a part of the worldwide church. We're all part of the worldwide church and, and uh, that's a good thing. Sometimes that is the reason people use for not joining the church. Well, I'm part of the worldwide church. Why do I need to be part of a local church? But you will find in the New Testament about 80% of the time or more that when the word church is used, it's used of a local church body. Church of Philippi, Church of Corinth, Church of Thessalonica, and the like such of these. Jesus is biblical that Jesus wants you to be part of a local body of believers and being involved in that. We want to be able to grow and uh, be, be able to go in the direction the Lord have us do biblically. But also growth and maturity is another reason. This is the place where you can grow in Christ through Bible study, discipleship, fellowship, and worship. Getting into the family of God is just the beginning. Then we are to grow and we are to grow with other believers. Church means assembly. We want to, as a church, we want to provide the tools that you will need, that we need in order that we might be able to grow and might be able to mature in Christ. Well, can I mature in Christ with my personal devotions and my quiet times and being all alone? Well, uh, certainly you can and you should. And if that's all the tools that you have, then you certainly want to make use of those very tools. But we want to be able to grow together in Christ and we need to be able to do uh, just that. When people say that they, or some may say that they're growing in Christ without the church, well, I might have a little bit of a 
argument with that, a little bit of debate with that because we find as we, if we're growing in Christ and we are learning more from God's Word, eventually you're going to come to the place to where God's Word says that you need to be and grow with other believers and that other believers can help you grow. And if you're growing in maturity in faith, well, my goodness, we need you to come along and help us. Come help and train us as well. So uh, you need us and we need you. Another reason that for church membership, and that is ministry, missions, and evangelism. Ministry, every church member needs to be involved in ministry, missions, and evangelism. And we want to provide resources and opportunities and open doors for those very things. Everybody needs to find their place in the church in which they can uh, be able to serve. And uh, you need to be a part of those things. And this next year, and even in this next five years and decade, we're going to provide more and more opportunities for you to be able to find your place. It's part of our theme. It's part of our direction in which we're going. Everybody, the Parkway Baptist Church, not just a place to come, but it's a place to come and to be involved and be able to serve. Not everyone, not anyone should do everything, but the Lord gifted each of you to be part of the body of Christ, to be taking care of one another and to be reaching Auburn and this community and the nations for Jesus. Don't you want to be a part? Let me gently say to attenders, asking is joining really important? Only if it pleases the Lord and in his timing. You see, you don't have to please the pastor. You really don't even have to please yourself or you're not supposed to, but you're supposed to really just please the Lord. And, uh, but as far as ministry and service, we always have room for volunteers, though we want you to be able to be a part of the full gamut of the things that are happening at Parkway. And we put our full support behind Parkway Baptist members who have skin in the game. And then one more I want to give you. I had four things. And the other is, why would you want to join the church? Love and support. Certainly more in keeping with the verses that we read today, our love for people goes way beyond the doors of this church and church membership, but relationships are important. First and foremost, our relationship with Jesus Christ and then also our relationship we have with one another. We're a support group. <laughs> Your Sunday school class and Bible studies are biblically-based support groups where Christ is the center. We're glorifying His name. We recognize we're all sinners Christ is our only hope and we belong to his church. I have to stop myself sometimes and I begin to talk about Parkway and I'll say, now in my church or in our church, I'll stop and I know this is God's church. Now, if you refer to Parkway as your church or our church, it's not a sin, you understand. In fact, I think it's a compliment. I think in one way you're saying that you have, in, you know that you are investing yourself and your family and your resources and eternal treasures as we move forward together to build God's kingdom. I fully recognize we're not just talking to those who are attending, seeking, or consenting, joining Parkway, but all members and some of those who have fallen away, not just to COVID, but maybe have fallen away from fellowship or function of the body of Christ. Well, the message is this. I love you in Jesus. We love you. And we want to encourage church, full church membership in what we believe is will be a new era for us as we are celebrating 50 years as Parkway Baptist Church. We believe the Lord is preparing us for the next 5, 10, and 50 years of looking forward to what the Lord's going to be doing. I, I know in some quarters, church membership, it has not become vogue or maybe even trendy to not place too much emphasis on church membership. Just kind of 
show up and encourage people to get involved. But if you've read the Bible, you've come across places sometimes or tried to read it places sometimes in the Old Testament to where there are names and names are listed. Sometimes you wonder what to do with that. I may be the only one, but I try to read through them. I try to make my way through those names. And, but these are people who are part of the family of God. In the New Testament, it's not so much names, but numbers. 120 were in the upper room. 3,000 were saved at Pentecost, and then 5,000 were saved. Well, not everybody that was in that group were saved, but they had to identify who was and who was not. And we want you to identify with the church. And I hope, uh, I may be old school, but I hope that I'm at least biblical. We want to identify who's part of the body of Christ and are all in for what God is doing through the church. So it may be a good time to be reminded, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, let's take a few minutes and let's take a look at what John and listen to John, the beloved disciple, as he tells us how we, the church, can live out these two most important commandments of love God and love others. It's not the first time that John has talked about love. John, when John writes, he's kind of a circular writer. He'll talk about a subject and then he'll come. If you tried to read first John, then he comes back, talks about that subject again, and then adds a little bit more and then goes a little bit deeper. Well, first John chapter two and verse 10 says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him, there is no cause for stumbling, just beginning to plant the foundation about how we need to love one another. First John three, one, he said, see what kind of love the father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world did not know him, know us is that it did not know him. And then 1 John 3, 11 says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So John's not describing a new command, but he's building upon what he's already told us about the love of God through Jesus. And there he tells us that that love of God is perfected and it is completed as he has shown you've loved, you've experienced that, and as you display, his love is displayed through others who are members of his church, the body of Christ. Now, John does not use the word level, but got just two or three things where we're going to talk about maybe our love level and be able to identify today some of these love levels that we talk about. Maybe you may identify with some of them, you may not. But hopefully this will help us to be able to describe where we are and where we need to be with our spouse and with our family and church family, friends, acquaintances, or people you've not even met yet. So what about when your love level is low? I mean, not much love in the tank or not much showing. When I was in college, I bought a 1976 Royal Blue 280Z. Now, 1976, I was not in college in 76, no matter how old I look. I was in college in the 80s, so it was already an older car. By the time I had it, it had well over 100,000 miles on it. And it kind of just kept getting older. But I drove that car last couple of years in college. I went full-time in ministry, went back to seminary, moved to Auburn. First time that I came here, I was on staff here, even to the next church there. Well, when I first bought that car, it only has two seats. So, uh, you know, it wasn't very practical after you started having a family. But with two seats, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was the proper car for the man around the town with the ladies, you know, that... Uh, because I can't, I can't take everybody. I can just take one more. And, but 
my Valentine, Kelly, was the only one who would ever get and stay within that car. And I thank for her, love her, and, uh, and I love that car. And uh, you know something about old cars, what happened, what do you got to keep putting in old cars to keep them running besides gas? Oil. My daddy told me, don't ever wait till the red light comes on because then it'll probably be too late. They don't trust that pressure gauge, but he said, you got to pull that stick. You got to check that oil. Well, sometimes a young man's got to learn a hard lesson. One blown engine later, I learned to check my oil more often. Well, I'm going to use that today to be able to say, we're going to check our love level today so that we do not blow up, so that we can be in the place and the direction in which the Lord would have us to do today. Today, we're checking that love level. Valentine's Day is not a sacred holiday, but today in our study of 1 John, have intersected to define godly love and yours and my capacity to share God's love. First half of this chapter, the Greek word, or the last half that we read, 7 through 21, the Greek word for love is that familiar word. It's the word agape love. Godly, unconditional love. We read it. You might not have counted it. I have. This particular word for love is used two dozen times in these particular verses. It means ungodly, excuse me, unconditional, godly love, truly only possible from knowing God. Actually, John defines it for us. Look at verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever love has been born of God and knows God, anyone who does not know God does not does anyone who does not love does not know God. But God is love. Notice, God is love, not the other way around. Now, God, we know that God is loving, but many are defining God by their personal feelings and understanding of love. This is how I define love. So this must be how God defines love and how I define God. Now, we don't serve a bumper sticker God. You've seen them on bumper stickers or maybe sometimes in somebody's yard, something that says love is love. And at first that sounds pretty good. It seems to talk about, well, maybe all love is good love. But I got to tell you, you don't really believe that. Even if you think you do, you don't believe that. Let me give you an extreme illustration. And that is if there's an adult who decides that they love a young child and get involved in an intimate and physical way with that young child and calls it love, would you agree that that's good love? Nobody you know would agree that that was good love. So let's at least say that, to say that all love is good, there's been some kind of standard put. There's been some kind of definition of what is good love. Well, how do we define that? Who defines it? Well, I'll tell you, an ungodly society will define an ungodly kind of love. So there's got to be a standard. Well, we're told, John's given us the standard. The standard is God, and he, in his word, defined love for us. He defines it. He's the ultimate example of agape love. Verse 7 addresses, the very first word we read a moment ago, he addresses us as beloved, sometimes dear friends. And when he's talking there to the church, he's given us a command, love one another. And not just any kind of love, but godly, unconditional love in your home, family, church, friends, acquaintances. But the emphasis is on other believers so the world will see what kind of love we practice. But this love extends well beyond the church family. Now, he's very clear. If you practice this kind of ungodly, 
let me say it right at least one time. If you practice this kind of unconditional godly love, you are of God. Did you say the opposite was true? If you don't practice this kind of unconditional godly love, then you are not of God or you have drifted away because God defines agape, unconditional godly love. Now one indicator, you've got your notes there, one indicator, your level is low, your love is being defined by someone or something other than God. So, so what's the answer if your level is low? What do you do if your oil level is low in your car or your truck? Well, most of you pour, most, pour more in. I can tell you what my family does if the oil level, they call me. Well, we need to call upon the Heavenly Father. We need to draw close unto Him. We need to ask Him to increase our, our capacity to practice godly love. If you feel far away from God, or there are relationships which are under undue stress, you have less than loving feelings coming to the forefront. You're finding it very difficult to forgive, even though God has forgiven you. Many people who redefine God's love do so because they are lonely or because of fear of loneliness. But I want to remind you of a word today, a biblical word, a biblical term that will, that will increase as you increase your capacity to love. And that is the word faith. That even when we don't have that loving feeling, even when we're going through some tough times, even God doesn't feel near. If we'll draw near unto him, he will remind us that he, we are never alone. God always has a plan. Nothing can separate you from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what about when your love level is flowing? Now, now this is a good thing when it is. It should be flowing. And John does for us. They all, more often paints the picture of what should be than what shouldn't be. Well, it's a little bit of a cliche now. Because you've been shown love, experienced love in Christ, you need to pay it forward. Probably before that term was used, John wrote this in 1 John 4, 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Reminded what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You were not saved in order to keep God's love to yourself, you are to show it to others. Now, I've asked you to think of oil level in a car a moment ago. Now, let me ask you to think of a river that is flowing versus a reservoir to where a reservoir becomes nothing but stagnant because that's what happens when we don't express our love. It becomes stagnant. It becomes less than fresh and appealing. And if you're, if you're feeling that way in your Christianity right now, that oh my, I'm just not feeling fresh in my love for, from God or for others. Well, <clears throat> do something extreme for somebody else. Forgive somebody that does not deserve to be forgiven. Find somebody that you can do something for who no one else is paying attention to or they've forgotten. Why? Because Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. John likes that word propitiation. It means he paid the penalty for your sins and mine. He atoned for our sins. We cannot pay him back, but we can pay it forward. Now, now the application extends to all people everywhere, but it is particularly, it talks about here with the emphasis on loving one another, loving within the church for two reasons. One of those is so that uh, the world will watch how we love one another and they'll have to stop dead in their tracks if we're doing it right. 
and look at folks in the church, not just in the church building, but in the church family, they'll say, look how they love one another. I want to get in on that. And the other reason is important because you are part of the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're, we're children of the Heavenly Father. So it's important how we treat one another in the family. Uh, when, when one of my daughters was in high school, she dated the boy with the loudest truck in town. And uh, we never had to, we never had to, he never had to ring the doorbell. We knew he was there. Everybody in the neighborhood knew he was there. And uh, one day he's, uh, I, I had just bought a newer truck. And so one day we we're discussing a little bit about trucks. And, and uh, during that discussion, I said, now, now if I were to loan you my newer truck, wasn't brand new, my newer truck and truck I just got. I really like that truck. We're on a vehicle automobile thing today. But I said, if I, if I were to loan you my truck, you brought it back to me, dented, dinged, damaged, destroyed, or even depleted of gas, how do you think I'd feel? He said, uh, Mr. Redmond, I guess you'd be pretty mad. I said, yeah. I said, you know, I really love that truck. That leaned in a little bit. And I said, but you know, my daughter, I love her here even more. Bring her back undamaged. Be good to her. Listen, when I was dating my wife, I was dating God's daughter. I cared what her father thought, but it paled in comparison to her heavenly father and what he thought. Now that we're married, I'm married to God's daughter. Husbands, God remains vitally interested in how you are taking care of her, of his little girl. Now there's a Valentine lesson. When we realize we're all part of God's family, we make a difference in how we love and serve one another. One indicator, your love is flowing. You're not a reservoir, but a river of an outpouring of God's love toward others. You're not a reservoir, but a river of an outpouring of God's love toward others. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. What about when your love is complete or perfect? Again, this is a good thing where we ought to be, but I know what you're thinking. When, my, when I'm complete, well, my goodness, that's not going to happen. So why try, you may think. John does what the Bible often does, and John is God's word, and that is that often paints the perfect picture or the picture of the supreme thing of who we are, who we need to be. And we need to be like Jesus. We need to be Christ-like. We're not going to be like Christ. We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. But to ask for anything less would not be to claim who we are in Christ. But also, this might mean something different than you think. Did you notice how many times the word perfected or perfect was used in these verses? We read it a moment ago. You probably noticed how many times the word love was used. But the word perfect or perfected used several times. Let me, let me point out some. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12. No one's ever seen God. John writes, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. You represent Christ in this world. His love in us is perfect and it's perfectly expressed. We may not always express it perfectly, but what does John write? Spirit of Christ lives in you. So let's at least agree that the Spirit of Christ, the love that we have experienced, that it is perfect and we abide in Him. Verse 18, there is no love but perfect, twice the word perfect is used, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 
In this past year, you may have experienced some anxiety or fear or worry, perhaps. Well, let me ask you not to feel guilty about that. In Christ, there is no condemnation, but know that God's love in you cast out that fear. You have in you the love needed to handle any worry if you're a follower of Jesus. Draw close to Jesus because God's love does not fall short. Have you been by one of the lakes that are, uh, have a dam that does the level of the lakes during the winter? I mean, you know, it's down. Boy, I'm just telling you, to me it sure looks sad when, a, when the river is down. And it's wintertime, and we think that sometimes that <clears throat> lakes, I said the river, but the lakes are down. Rivers too, if they're run by dams. But uh, can I tell you, God's love never goes down. It never falls short. Wintertime is tough. I mean, any winter is tough. It's uh, less sunlight, it's cold, you stay in more, and that's on a good winter. Man, this winter it has been tough, even more so, and particularly for students, maybe for families who've had to stay in for our shut-ins and homebound people. It can be a tough time. It can be a tough time for self-worth. But in Christ, His love is made perfect and you draw close to Him. And, And this is vitally important. Don't miss this. For the word perfect also means complete. Yes, God's love is perfect. It's perfect. We've experienced His perfect love. But it is complete as it comes and as you experience it and then as you express it to others. What did he say? He said, you're representing Christ in this world. We read it, 1 John tells us. If you're representing Christ in this world, how's it going to be complete? It's only complete. We're all God's only plan for expressing His love. And John writes, I love it. His love is perfect and it's complete as it is expressed more and more in use. Let's talk about one indicator that your love level is complete or perfect, being made perfect. God is using you to reveal himself and Jesus' love to others. God's using you to reveal himself and Jesus' love to others. We are the body of Christ, God's only plan. And, And even here, we've got to learn how to love people who do not define love the same way we do, the same way the Bible does. So we've got to learn to love those people and to show love to And the people who do not, do not define truth. John, again, again, talks about truth. What is it? Jesus is the truth. The gospel message is the truth. God's word. That's how we define what truth is. But there's a lot of people who don't define it the same way. So we're not going to be legalistic toward them. We're not going to be condemning toward them. No, we're going to find ways, more and more ways, in which we might show and express love. And at the same time, be able to speak truth. It's possible because of who Christ is. It's possible because that's what God's word tells us. Speak the truth in love. Now, title of the message is Power of Love. We've got to, we want to land with what John has said and what John said here in these verses. And hopefully it helped for all of 1 John with this. You've got those last blanks in your notes. And I don't want you to miss this particularly. It's the power of love. The more you give love and show love the more you will experience Christ's love. The more you give love and show love, the more you will experience Christ's love. It's never depleted. 
It's only depleted if you stop sharing it. It's only depleted if we stop being loving, if we stop growing. But the more we give, the more we give out, the more we love others, the more we experience His love in our lives and the more we have to be able to share. It is truly the power of love. Boy, it's good news. It's good news for the followers of Jesus. It's also good news if you need to call upon Jesus today. You don't know Him as your Lord and Savior because His love is freely given. It's a gift. Shared over and over in the New Testament as a gift that we can accept. But you've got to accept this gift and we encourage you to do that today. If you don't know Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you're listening today. Just as someone did last week during the service, they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, prayed to receive Him during the service. It's our prayer. It happens again. Somebody, many people, somebody comes to know Christ because they've asked Christ to repent, to forgive them of their sin, and they've repented of their sins. Ask Christ to be their Savior and Lord. Let's pray together today. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to share and to be able to experience and be able to express the love of God. We've done that today, Father, through our praise and prayers and even through expressing what your word has to say. Father, we pray that we'll do this amongst one another, so much so that other people will be able to see that truly Jesus is in our hearts and truly that he has changed how we can treat each other. And truly may it happen, Father, outside of the church, outside of the church family, that we may grow in our love for other people, that we may want to reach more and more. And Father, we know that what, we do with this word today will open even more doors to building God's kingdom for things which we might be a part. We thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. We thank you for how you continue to be at work. It's in Christ's name we lift these prayers. Amen.